Hi everyone, JJ here with The Art of Value. Welcome. Well, today we're going to look at what Manish Pabrai has said about legendary investor Lee Lu. Lee Lu hasn't given many interviews over the years, so it's interesting to see what his friend and colleague Manish Pabrai has to say about him. So let's get straight into it. Pabrai's talked about Lee Lu in a few Q&A sessions, one from just a couple of months ago. And what he said was he asked Charlie Munger, his friend Charlie Munger, why he gave Lee Lu money to invest as a fund manager when he's never done that before. And Charlie Munger said, well, it was a no-brainer, Monish. Charlie said by looking at Lee Lu's track record, he could tell he was looking at an investor who was highly unusual, an investing anomaly. Monish said that Charlie Munger gave Lee Lu about $80 million from previous investments and Lilu turned that into $800 million pretty quickly. And he said now that's sitting about $1.2 to $1.4 billion. So he's done very well with Charlie Munger's money. Monish tells the brief and fascinating story of how Lilu came to become a great investor. He was actually one of the top four or five student leaders in the protest of Tiananmen Square in China back in the late 1980s. And when the crackdown came, when the Chinese government cracked down, they were after Li Lu. They wanted to put him in jail and perhaps he would never be seen again. Some people helped smuggle Li Lu into Hong Kong. And from there, some business people in Hong Kong helped Li Lu move to the US where he got a scholarship to go to Columbia University. At Columbia, they allowed him to enroll in three degrees at the same time, which is very unusual, including a law degree and an MBA at Columbia Business School. And he came top in the class in all those degrees, which is amazing considering when he came to the US, he didn't speak any English at all. Monash said that Columbia University and other supporters had helped him with loans and grants to help him with his degree and with his living expenses. Monash said that at the beginning of each semester, Lilu got some money, not very much money, but a lump sum to get him through living expenses and tuition fees. And he invested that money. He used it like a float and he invested it, putting into practice what he'd learned at Columbia's business school and investing while he was still learning there. Monash said it wasn't very much money, about $10,000 every three or four months for his living expenses and tuition, but he managed to invest some of it and he left Columbia with about a million dollars from his investing already. Monash said that after Columbia, Lilu worked in early stage venture capital and did very well and then went on to start his own fund to invest. And then of course Lilu went on to start doing very well in investing, catching the attention of Charlie Munger who said it was a no-brainer to start investing with him, an investing anomaly, a highly unusual investor. Monish said that Li Lu is okay being in uncomfortable situations where others wouldn't want to get into in terms of investing. What Pabra meant by Li Lu being okay in uncomfortable situations is that he used to have a lot of investments in Korea, which he did very well at, but he doesn't speak the language. He's unfamiliar with the country. He said that he'd be pretty much the same as him, have the same level of knowledge and competence in Korea, but he did very well out of it. So he managed to navigate the country very well, not knowing much about it. Monash said that part of the lesson here is that in life and in investing, look at the track record. It doesn't matter what people say or companies say, look at the track record, look at what they actually do. And we look at Lee Lu, we can look at his track record and Charlie Munger picked up on that. And Monash said that in life, look for anomalies. We need to look for anomalies in investing. So he said that Charlie Munger is an anomaly, Warren Buffett's an anomaly, and companies like Amazon are an anomaly. And that's what we're looking for. Now, if you're getting value out of this episode so far, do consider subscribing if you're not already to get more of this kind of content in the future. Staying with Amazon for a moment as an anomaly, we could say that Jeff Bezos was an anomaly as a founder, as an entrepreneur, one of the best entrepreneurs of the last few decades. 
and he's led Amazon to great success. And a lot of people question that, including value investors. Most value investors actually missed Amazon thinking that it was too highly priced all the way up and maybe didn't see that Jeff Bezos was actually the mode for Amazon, we could say that. So a lot of value investors missed it, except for Nick Sleep, who worked out this scale economy shared model like Costco and saw that Amazon was there and invested in it really early and rode it all the way up. But there were very few people, very few value investors, very few even growth investors who saw Amazon and stuck with it through thick and thin before that dot-com bubble and through the dot-com bubble where it went down over 90% and then went up over the next couple of decades. Monish has also told us a little bit about how he got to know Lilu, how he met him and how we started to learn from him. He said that when he first got to know Charlie Munger, which was of course through Warren Buffett, when he had the charity lunch with Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett introduced him to Charlie Munger and then Charlie Munger now says that Pat Bryce should have lunch with Lilu once a month. And Pat Bryce said that, well, okay, if Lilu wants to have lunch with me once a month, I'd be perfectly willing to do that. No problem at all. This is when they were all living in California and Pat Bryce said that Lilu has since moved to Seattle and of course, Pat Bryce has moved to Austin, Texas in the meantime as well. Now at one of these lunches, Lilu started to tell Pat Bryce about this company called Amor Pacific. He was encouraging him to look into the company. So Pat Bryce, after the lunch went back and started to look into it and everything was in Korean. He couldn't make head or tail of the companies. He went to some stores where the products were in California to have a look at them. He said it was way outside his circle of competence, so he left the company alone. He didn't invest in it. He couldn't work it out. And some many months later, Pabro was having lunch with Lilu again, and Lilu asked him if he invested in that company, Amor Pacific, and Monish told him that he couldn't make a head or tail of it, so he didn't invest in it. And Lilu said, well, it's gone up hundreds of percent. And Pabro said he missed that opportunity. But now Lilu was telling him about another company, which was Maotai in China, which is a very old spirits band alcohol brand in China. Well, Pabro said, I'm going to go away and it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be in Chinese. I'm not going to be able to work it out. So can you spoon feed me information? Can you tell me about the company? Spoon feed me the information and tell me why I should invest it in it. And Lilu did that, and Pabrai did invest in it, and it did very well. When he said that, it became clear to him that Maotai was an excellent business. They were able to make bottles of these spirits for about $1.50, and they were selling at about $1,400. So their profit margin was huge. And so he did invest in it, and he said that after he did invest in it, it started to kind of rocket pretty much straight away after he bought it. It started its run up so Lilu was correct about this company. Actually in other Q&As Pabre said that he since sold Maltai and he also said that that was a mistake he shouldn't have sold it. It was back when he was value investing in the way that you buy undervalued companies and you wait till they get to fair value or above and then sell them and buy something else. He's more into long-term compounding buying cheap companies good companies and holding for the long term now and he said it was a mistake. That also reminds me that in Investing with Tom's podcast, he interviewed Monsoon Pabrai, Monish Pabrai's daughter, who also an investor, has a fund, and she said that she owns Maltai, she still owns it. And she went on the trip with Monish to see the company with Guy Spear as well. They all went to see the company, even though he doesn't even drink alcohol. Not drinking alcohol, you could say that it really isn't in his circle of competence. If he doesn't like it, he said that he tried it and it was burning inside him for about three days. So it kind of wasn't in his circle of competence if he doesn't even drink, but he still invested in it. He trusted Lilu. Lilu told him about it. He went to visit it and it did very well for him, but it could have done better if he'd, if he'd held it, he said. 
So it's clear that Lilu, as an investor, has the absolute respect of these other legendary investors, Manish Pabrai and Charlie Munger, who's given money to Lilu to invest, and it's done very well over time. If you're curious about what's in Lilu's portfolio, I made a video about that a few months ago. I'll put it up here if you're on YouTube or in the description if you're watching or listening elsewhere. It's interesting to see what he's buying, including Google. So go and see that now, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for watching or listening.